This is Today's Business Leaders, actionable advice from real-world professionals. And now, here's your host, Gabe Arnold. All right, everybody. Uh, I'm really excited because uh, today we're talking with Lisa again. I hope you guys have enjoyed all the episodes so far. It's been really, really valuable to me. And I thought, what better way to kick off this awesome series and the podcast and this wonderful training that we're giving away than by working with somebody that talks about time management because it's the one thing that we cannot like save, manage, or like uh, maybe we can manage it, but we can't get it back. And so I always, I always struggle with like that's a constant pressure in my mind of like, am I using my time the right way? I think about that all day. And so it's been really helpful to go through all the different things that we've covered so far with Lisa that gives us strategies and tools to maximize our the time that we have, manage it better. And think about it in a different way. A lot of times when we want to, when we need to change or we want to change, a lot of it is mindset. And these tools have been really, really helpful for my mindset. And so today, um, once again, we're talking about problems that Gabe has in life. And one of them is that I like to take it all on. I like to do a hundred things at once, or at least I like to think that I like to do, you know, a hundred things at once. And then when I have I literally just finished writing out like 150 to-do items, um, and it, before even writing them out, it you know it's pretty paralyzing. But at least getting them on paper is a step in the right direction. But how do we deal with the "I want to do it all" approach when, in reality, as we talked earlier, you know, in one of the earlier episodes, I only have 168 hours, of which there's a much smaller portion that I can actually be productive because I do have to sleep and eat and do other things that are important to me too. So how, how do we tackle that? Because I think everybody can get to that stage maybe frequently or at least a few times throughout the year where they're like, I have all these things I want to do and I have no time to do it or that's how we feel. <laughs> right. Well, and I think um, a couple things with that is I, the, I want to do it all scenario, I think often goes hand in hand with the shiny object syndrome because you you want to do it all and you want to do all the things you haven't even thought of yet which keep coming at you and so you're like oh here's something else and here's something else and here's something else and so i want to go back to what you were saying earlier about um time being the one commodity we can't get back we can't buy more of we can't get more of you're like maybe we can manage it well not maybe maybe you can um but i tend to think or that it's that you're managing your choices versus you're managing your time. And so when you manage your choices, <laughs> yeah, right? Because you're managing your choices on how you want to proactively use your time. Mm-hmm. But I don't know so much that, um, you know, I read somewhere they're like, oh, how do you manage time? You've got 24, you know, 24 hours, 60 minutes an hour, whatever that may be. What are you going to do with it? You can't like save it for later. Um, so instead, really what you're doing is you're managing your choices. And so if you can start to put a little bit of structure around those choices, it may be helpful. So two different things I'm thinking of here. One is um, more geared towards shiny object syndrome, but probably can also be um, applied to the fact that I want to do it all. Mm-hmm. You can't do it all. Right. So start to decide what is it that you really want to do. Um, so I advocate using a note card. Here are the three things, the three major projects I want to do right now. Okay. And then I put more structure around it for me personally, though some of my clients use less because it's all about what works for you. Um, but I, so I have my 150 things on my list and I say, okay, here are my three that I'm working on. And I'm not allowed to add a fourth 
until all three are done. Because what will happen is I'll knock off the two easy ones and I'll start pulling in some of the other ones that are easy and that third hard one just sits on that list day after day after day after day. So I say, uh-uh, no more till all three are done. So that's one way to use that rule of three idea. Pick okay. your three and you know, and maybe you're picking three personal and three business. Yeah. Or whatever it may be. Maybe you're like, I don't like that rule that I can't put more stuff on. Whatever. Find the structure that works best for you. <laughs> for me, <laughs> you know, I know me and I'm going to take the low hanging fruit every day of the week. Right. And so in order to get the tough stuff, I need to make sure nothing else gets on there till I finish it. Mm -hmm. But another piece of that to add a little bit more structure is to say, what are the characteristics of something that would cause me to deliberately, consciously abandon something on this list and pull something else in? Because you don't know what is coming down the pike five minutes from now. Right. And there is a possibility that there is going to be a great opportunity and you're like, oh, no, I wrote my list of three. I'm not bringing that in until the whole list is done. You don't want to put yourself in that corner, even though it's a corner you created. You mm -hmm. want to give yourself some flexibility, but you can't allow everything that catches your eye to knock it out. So you just give yourself some criteria. So sometimes it's um, the income potential is higher than what I'm currently working on. Okay. That could be criteria. Um, it could be the exposure potential is way larger than anything I'm currently working on. So maybe that could, it's an opportunity that is once in a lifetime or once in a month or, right. you know, but define your time frame yeah. on it. <laughs> um, you know, so for example, um, I just had the opportunity to attend a workshop as someone's guest next month. And I had something else planned on that day. And I was like, okay, this is a once in a year workshop. And I get to go as someone's guest, which means A, I don't have to pay, which is always a bonus. Right. But B, more importantly, I have this person there who's going to introduce me to change makers in their field. Like, I don't even have to go introduce myself. Like, it's right there. The whole opportunity is handmade for me. So yeah. I'm certainly not going to say, oh, no, <laughs> I'm not going to take that because I've got this other list. Yeah. So, you know, and so depending on my clients, like sometimes they like, look, you get one mulligan a quarter, mm -hmm. or you get one mulligan a month or whatever the time frame is. So just structure it yourself. So that answers a kind of a little bit of your thing about, I have so many things. How do I do? Yeah. Um, and when you're choosing, how do you pick your top three? We've spoken already about how to choose um, in one of our previous episodes on how to, how to choose. But the other piece um, that you, you and I had had a off, off camera conversation that unfortunately the rest of you were not privy to. Um, but Gabe shared with me how sometimes his days can fill. Um, cause it'll look like Tuesday's open and then all of a sudden Tuesday becomes full. And again, that falls back into that idea of, I want to do it all. And I'm a believer you can have it all and you can do it all just not all at the same time. Yeah. Some stuff has to come first and yeah. you have to make those proactive choices. Mm -hmm. And so in this case, I, it's a boundary issue of um, uh, one of my clients, when she goes and presents out of state, anyone she knows within like 150 miles, 
she wants to have lunch with and she <laughs> wants to meet and she wants to see because she does a lot of her stuff virtually. And so to be able to be physically in the same place with some of her clients is really awesome. Yeah. The problem is that she then will book herself on her non-speaking engagement days back to back to back to back to back. By the time it's time for her to speak, she's so exhausted. She can't even make sense. <laughs> so yeah. we limit X number of people hours per day, X uh -huh. number of appointments per trip out. And so when you start to set your boundaries and you say, oh, I have Tuesday open, I can slide this in, this in, and this in, back away and say, wait a minute, what are, I have an open day, yay. What are my priorities for that day? How much time do I want to devote to that? Then what can I start to slip in? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that's and a really good point about how she, you say, you shared that she has like number of people, people hours that she's allowed to use for a couple of reasons, because um, I love talking with people, working with them, selling, coaching, training. Like I really, really enjoy it. However, it's super exhausting sometimes because I'm usually doing technical training, which we talked about in another episode. Technical stuff is always like extra hard <laughs> for everybody. Um, so thinking about it like that kind of segmenting or categorizing your time maybe is in a way that is beneficial to you and not just completely exhaustive would, would be helpful for anybody. Cause when you're with somebody, you should pay hundred percent attention to them, obviously. Um, and you can't do that if, if you do too much of it all day and there's no downtime for you to do your own productive work or just to recharge. So categorizing the type of appointments that I have every day, I think would make a big deal. And I should have more appointments with myself to get things done. <laughs> so, right. Well, you know, and, and as we, and this is kind of veering off the topic a little bit, but um, I always like when I work with clients, I'll say, okay, if you have one hour dedicated to working with a client, how many more hours of work does that generate? Yeah. Because you have prep time before, mm -hmm. typically. I mean, like in my business, I have prep time before, I have time after. And then I always have that time later where I think, oh man, this would be a really great resource for them. I right. want to send this. And so typically in my work, one hour client time is three total hours yeah. of work. And so if I'm saying, oh, I'm going to stick in five clients in one day, well then theoretically that's, it doesn't have to be 15 hours that week, but it's, or that day, but it's 15 hours that week probably. Right. One way or the other. <laughs> yeah. And so if I got five client hours on this day and then five client hours on this day and then five client, I'm at 45 hours and I haven't even answered email yet. Yeah. No <laughs> you know, and so start to think about what's one contact hour worth total. Um, so one of my clients is in mergers and acquisitions and he's always like, well, you know, and then I'm going to meet with this client and we're going to have a networking lunch here and I'm going to do this. And I say, great. When are you going to do the work? Mm -hmm. He's like, what are you talking about? I go like, well, at some point you actually have to sit down and work on all those documents. Like you're selling some guy's company. Like when do you do that? Yeah. He's like, oh, and, you know, and in his case, it's more like one hour client time is more like seven or eight. Yeah, no kidding. All this research and work. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh, I said, so let's think that through. <laughs> you know, and so I think when you're looking at I can do it all, you can, just not all at once. And being realistic about what each item on that 150 item to-do list represents in mm -hmm. terms of time helps you start to figure out 
where can that wiggle in? Where can that wiggle out? And then it becomes a matter of choices. What's more important is, you know, am I valuing sleep over item 148 on my list? Right. Probably. Because if it's down at 148, <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of things that you've already valued more important. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but you start to make those choices and in those trade-offs. Mm-hmm. Man, I, that, I'm sure, I'm, I mean, I'd say, it sounds stupid as I'm saying this, but I've never ever thought about the fact that if I meet with somebody that I just created, you're right, at least there's probably two or three hours more of work minimum, but d- at least doubling the time. So if I spend a half hour with somebody, I probably have a half hour's worth of work to do at minimum, but, but at least pro- probably more realistic, like, you know, another hour or whatever it is. So that's game changing. If you just think about, okay, I'm meeting with Lisa to help her, you know, with something today on her marketing plan, then it means I actually have another two hours of work to do before I can meet with her again to like show a deliverable or, or show work. I know that's just simple, stupid, but that's an eye opening to me. <laughs> but <laughs> I often tell people the work I do is simple, stupid. I've never used that phrase before, but only going to use it from now on because it is, I mean, that's all it is. It, yeah. It's having someone outside who can look in and say, oh man, yeah, here's the flaw in your thinking. You know, you have 150 items. You think you can do it all. You want to do it all. You can do it all. You just have to choose in what order and what things you're pushing off a week, a month, a year based on what you have going on and then being realistic about what everything takes. Um, You know, another piece to go to that is the idea of networking. Yeah. People will think a networking meeting is 830 to 10. No, it's not. Like yeah. if the meeting is 8.30 to 10, you have your drive time. You're probably arriving before the meeting starts. You then have the end time. You have the drive time back. And then you have the processing time of all the things you said you'd give to the people you met at the meeting. Yeah. <laughs> so an hour and a half networking meeting is easy, three hours. Right. Yet we don't put that into account. And so then we rush and then we, we drop on our promises. You know, we say, oh, I'm going to get that to you today or tomorrow. And then six months later, you're like, oh, there's their card at the bottom of my purse. I should have <laughs> done something with that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's being, it's being aware of what's really there and then making the choice of what comes first. Yeah. And a couple of things that come to mind just because I think, again, super eye-opening, <laughs> simple stuff, but super eye-opening to me because I barely haven't paid attention to this is, one thing that I've done in the past that I think I'll probably reinstitute more is like I, I've blocked off days where I don't take any meetings, which I, which I should really do again of like what's coming to mind is like maybe Tuesday, Thursdays or whatever. I'll sit down and figure it out for myself, but blocking off days where, you know, they're just productivity days and then really sticking to it. Unless like we talked about, there's some, you know, million dollar opportunity. Of course you change your schedule or that and or like if I if I knew that we were meeting about a marketing project I was going to help you with I would immediately block out another hour right afterward or or not necessarily right after maybe I need to meet with clients all morning but then I, for each client meeting I would put into my calendar I need an hour and a half or 2 hours to work on Lisa's work and that would fill my calendar out farther which would give me a a, a more realistic view of what I have going on instead of like oh and I mean cuz like this week I mean I have like eight sales meetings that are going to be an hour at least. And then, and I'm like, Oh, well I can do eight in one day and then I'll take another eight the next day. <laughs> and then I'll keep doing it until I'm just like drowning in work. <laughs> 
but if I were to do that, the instant that something gets booked or even for my, you know, personal assistant for her to do that, then I'm already pre-planning it and I'm not creating the level of stress because one thing I'm sure we, we've talked about and I've heard before is like everything on your to-do list that you wrote down or didn't write down, it's in your mind. It's, it's there somewhere. Right. Our minds are, are crazy powerful. And so for all the things that we promised to do that we haven't done yet, and I think this is a quote you shared or something that, you know, they're sitting there waiting. And if we don't do them or resolve them in some manner, like say, Hey, I promised to volunteer for this, but I can't because of whatever's going on. then that stress level just builds to a, a, a serious level, like, you know, and stress is what kills us all <laughs> above everything else. <laughs> if yeah. we don't deal with it, that's what can really hurt us. So those couple strategies just popped in my, into mind when you said that. I mean, that's, that would be a much more effective way of, going about life. (laughs) Well, and it helps, you know, like many of my clients, they're like, I hate the white space on my calendar because I, I either don't know what to put in it or I start to do, um, like mindless stuff because I think, Oh, it's free time. Right. But in all reality, it's not free time. Mm -hmm. It's time that it needs to be used for something else. So it's the more that you can drop into your calendar, even if you move it around, the clearer your calendar represents who and what you are. It's almost like going, um, I have a client who um, has this thing about when she goes to the ATM, whatever the dollar amount says on the thing is how much money she has. <laughs> no, it's not true because there's checks that haven't cleared. You know, there's all that stuff. Right. <laughs> and you know, so we look at our calendar and think, oh, I have all this time, which may not be representative because you've written checks. Right. For okay. time, this haven't cleared yet. Yeah. Wow. That's why, that's why they pay you the big bucks. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. So what we'll be talking about next time is procrastination. Right. And what's interesting is I read a book and it, they quoted some guy who I have forgotten, but he's very important and very smart, who ha- did the study that proves that everybody procrastinates. Wow. It's just a matter of how much. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lisa. I love all our episodes and I always feel at the end of them that that's my favorite one. <laughs> but it's, but today it's the same, same again. I'm really, really thankful that you're investing time with me and with everybody in our audience and just for everything you do, it's, it's game changing. So thank you so much and we'll see you on the next one. Sounds great. You've been listening to Today's Business Leaders with Gabe Arnold. Remember to subscribe on iTunes For more information, visit todaysbusinessleaders.com.